afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson, CEO of Lloyd360. Hope everyone's healthy, happy, and safe uh, this Friday, the day before Labor Day weekend. I guess it is Labor Day weekend. I want to welcome you back to another edition of Loyalty Live. In this series, we talk to the leaders and customer channel on brand loyalty about the technology, best practices, and trends that are impacting a brand's ability to drive unique customer experiences, engagement, and most importantly, customer loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with two people. First time we've done two, so we're looking forward to this. We have uh, Kim Welther and Jeremy Riga from Basement. How are you today? Good, thank you. Good. Hey, Mark. Doing good. Kim, how, how are you? I like, I like your office. It looks good. It looks clean. <laughs> I've got to have my own workspace right now, so I try and keep it tidy. It's only That's because good. of the way I've chosen to point the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can see from back there. You don't see what's on the floor. So That's uh, right. That's right. That looks good. Anyway, so... Um, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Looking forward to the discussion. First off, can you tell us a little bit both about yourselves and also for those who may not know what Basement is, what you guys do, it'd be great to have kind of a, a short uh, overview of Basement and kind of some of the amazing work that you guys do. Sure, Kim Welther. Um, yep, I'll start. Um, Kim Welther, I lead our loyalty and CRM division at Basement. I've been with the company a little, well, almost 10 years now. Um, I work with brand marketing teams to identify CRM and loyalty strategy and really help them in not only the strategy, but the execution and the hindsight. Um, we have a variety of clients um, at Baseman. Um, really, we were rooted within the retail space, but we quickly have moved into home service, healthcare, um, and a lot of other areas. Um, and we do have all of our client data in-house. Okay, great. Yeah, I uh, lead a bit. Basement's technology teams, which uh, primarily includes our loyalty applications and software development on our loyalty platform, uh, as well as some of the more classical information technology functions like infrastructure and data security. Uh, I've been with Basement for six years in October, and before Basement, I was with the uh, Center of Science and Industry in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and, and before that, I've been a happy nerd for about as long as I can remember. <laughs> That's great. Uh, one of the things that we like to do uh, in these interviews is to get a fun fact, kind of about, uh, obviously about you, you know, something that you like to do, you know, we've heard people that like sailing, we've heard that people that like video gaming, uh, they've been interesting, so maybe a fun fact about uh, you, Jeremy, first. Uh, well, I would say the most fun fact about me is that I'm terrible at fun facts, uh, and I assumed an icebreaker question was going to come up, and so I was actually Googling for ideas about fun facts before we got on. Uh, so that is the most boring fun fact I can give. The only exciting thing is that uh, I am deathly afraid of heights. Not that uh, anybody is going to care deeply about that, but I can't even make it uh, three or four steps up a ladder without panicking. All right. That, 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 that's, a, that's a fact. We'll, we'll roll a fun. What about you, Kim? <laughs> Um, I'm, fun fact, um, I actually, um, my name was spelled wrong on my birth certificate. My mom threw an extra E in there and we did not realize it until I went to go get my driver's license. So to this day, I still spell my name two different ways from what my birth certificate says to what my name is. So if you see me, you can call me Kimberly or you can call me Kimberelli. Either one works. All right. No, that's good. Um, so you kind of talked a little bit about what Basement does, maybe a little more uh, kind of overview of what you guys do. You talked about data. You know, a lot of people have customer loyalty, CRM, customer experience uh, platforms, and obviously the interest in them is growing significantly during COVID-19. But I think 
a little bit more detail on kind of how you guys look at data, how you kind of increase the efficacy of some of the, the programs that are marketing. And a lot of times people will work with you and they may have their customer experience or customer loyalty platform on another uh, uh, kind of technology, correct? Yeah, yeah, we've, we've worked with customers both ways. I mean, we're, uh, we're Basement's a third generation family owned company that's been around for over 60 years at this point. Um, we started as a commercial sheet bed printing company and really started to evolve services, you know, just, just about a decade ago um, to help brands expand their marketing initiatives. So we've got multiple divisions and locations. Um, and then, of course, our CRM and loyalty division uh, it takes care of uh, loyalty services, uh, uh, SaaS and data analytics services, reporting services, um, and, of course, the full range of marketing services as well. Um, but like Kim uh, mentioned previously, our history is primarily rooted in retail. I mean, that's sort of where we were born, and we typically take all of that experience um, and apply that to other companies so that we can support a brand in just about any industry that needs to uh, engage customers on a more personal level. Okay, great. One of the things uh, we like to do as well uh, is get a definition of customer loyalty. Obviously, customer loyalty is changing rapidly uh, for some. You know, but it's always great to have an understanding of how you, uh, Baseman, uh, kind of define customer loyalty from a connotative and denotative perspective. Sure. We really like to think of customer loyalty as driving your customer out of a one-time buyer, driving that kind of second, third, and hopefully becoming a lifetime purchaser. And really, a brand does this through two ways, um, a great product and a great customer experience. And really, we have to work with brands around a great loyalty program isn't going to make a loyal customer. And so we have to make sure that they have those um, products and experiences before we can brand, build any type of loyalty. Okay, great. Jeremy, any, any thoughts on uh, the definition? No, I think she summed it up quite nicely. Okay, great. Um, you know, we are trying to pull together a kind of a, an emotional uh, paper on emotional loyalty. And one of the questions that comes out of that is, you know, what's the difference between an emotional loyal customer and kind of a repeat customer? You guys have any uh, kind of perspective on that? Yeah, I think that emotional um, loyal customer comes within um, that customer experience. I think as we head into kind of a new way in which brands are being challenged with customers having a voice larger than they've ever had before through the social platforms, we have to be very careful about that customer experience and making sure that there is an emotional tie to that. And, you know, we see it in every day where that voice is being heard and we want to make sure that we understand that customer experience and we get it right every time because one bad customer experience um, can be so impactful and reach so many. Absolutely right. One of the things, uh, you know, obviously COVID is very impactful. Different industries uh, have been hit harder than others. The numbers say from the, uh, the, uh, the jobs report looks good, um, but obviously lots of challenges. You know, can you talk maybe about a couple of challenges that the, uh, brands of yours may be having or in, in how you are uh, kind of can we help them? Yeah, so sure. What are the biggest challenges you're seeing right now? Yeah, I would say um, our two biggest challenges, um, number one is always budget. Um, trying to do more with less um, budget is always Kind of that marketer's challenge and really trying to understand um, the profit centers that we currently have and maximizing those. Um, but the, I would also say then the second challenge, hands down, is technology. And part of the reason that it was important for Jeremy to join us today is that we are seeing technology continuing um, to be a problem. 
with technology constraints for marketers um, within program experience and strategy and not having the ability to build the right experience or have the right strategy in place to make the differences we know we need to make. Um, if the technology isn't easily integrated into your web, your POS and all of your kind of customer channel experiences, it's going to be a problem and we have to eliminate those customer hurdles that bad technology keeps putting up. Absolutely. So you, you talked about technology a little bit. Uh, we've seen that a lot from our membership base. We have, you know, periodic meetings with brands usually once a week and, you know, being able to marketing automation, not knowing that a Best Western in Iowa may be shut down due to COVID-19 or, you know, just kind of the, the regional differences, being able to integrate different reward or recognition opportunities has been a challenge. What are some of the technologies, uh, challenges that you're seeing, Jeremy? I mean, a lot of them, you know, just, just exist with technological debt that's been carried forward from previous generations. Uh, and that could be at e-com systems or POS systems. Um, but, but those things really begin to water down what are otherwise great intentions um, that have been set aside inside of a brand to foster a strong relationship and grow loyalty. Um, so for us, I mean, it's, you know, it's like if, if you can't invest a bit in R&D and testing and adopting new customer facing technologies quickly enough uh, to be effective, then what you end up doing is, is sitting on a legacy system and sort of getting passed by as uh, incumbents are, are coming along or new companies are coming along uh, who are technologically native. They're starting on stronger platforms and without the legacy debt that carries forward. Um, and so we, we have found that those can really hold people back from doing the things that they want to do for their customers. Um, and even if a brand, you know, doesn't have all of the high technology pieces in place, you know, they have to be able to um, allow and enable customers to be loyal. And what I, what I mean by that is you don't want a, a customer trying to be loyal to the brand in spite of the brand's technologies. You want them to be empowered by it and supported by it. And so that's really one of the big things that we see. Uh, when we're talking with a brand is that there's always a technological hurdle of trying to trying to get away from the technical debt and the decisions that have been made in previous iterations of a program or previous iterations of the way that the brand handles it. So when you talk about uh, legacy debt, is that just a kind of a kind of debt that's on the balance sheet that you may be impacting kind of your ability to have incremental revenue towards, or is that, that you know, how do you define that? Yeah, technological debt to me is any any uh, system that's in place um, that doesn't grow or evolve uh, quickly or or to um, in a way that helps uh, the brand evolve the customer experience when it comes to checkout functions or shopping functions or communication functions uh, we see it a lot in POS systems POS systems are inherently uh, difficult to work with um, large and once they're in place, you know, at a, at a multi-channel, multi-location store, it's really difficult and really expensive to change those systems and help them grow and evolve. So, um, you know, companies that have purchased a POS system 10, 15, 18 years ago uh, and are still running on uh, that type of system today, it's going to be very difficult for you uh, to think about next generation uh, business opportunities. And so when I talk about technical debt, that's really what I'm talking about is old platforms or older platforms that inhibit you from making the decisions that you want to make for your customer. And Absolutely. Jeremy, I'd also add to that, that's something that um, Bazeman is, we're um, pretty new within the last 10 years that we've created kind of our loyalty platform, is that we really built it with the marketer in mind. And so whenever you're choosing a platform, you want to make sure that it's going to be something nimble. 
And as we ask brands to do is put your customer first, you want a technology and a platform that's putting their customers first. So I think the fundamentals of building your technology around what your customer needs, and that's something that Bazeman at the root truly believes in, is making sure that we have a platform that our customers are building and we build for them. Okay, excellent. excellent. Uh, can you name a brand or two that you think is doing uh, an exceptional job of creating customer loyalty uh, now during COVID and why? It could be a client that you work with or it could be just a kind of a client or a brand that you are loyal and engaged to. Yeah, absolutely. I have two on my kind of um, thoughts that I've appreciated during COVID, um, and that would be Starbucks and DSW. Um, obviously, um, ease, convenience, service, those are always things that are strong within your kind of loyalty program, but Starbucks has done a good job within COVID of um, creating tables outside and um, mobile pickup. They now have moved outside with tables, making it easy for people to come and grab their drinks, not have to go inside, not have to be around anyone. Um, DSW, obviously, um, any type of curbside, um, they've done a ton of things within the store that make you feel safe um, through the COVID um, aspect as well, too. So I think those two brands have done a phenomenal job with their loyalty programs. Okay. Yep. Jerry, what about you? Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, REI and the other one, uh, which is uh, probably overused as an example, but Apple. Um, Apple, I think, is going to be a long case study for many years uh, with no real loyalty program in play at all, unless you consider their credit card offering. But the, the root and the core of what they do is great products and services that are top-notch, high-tech, high-touch experiences, you know, consistently friendly and smooth. They're always improving and evolving uh, the way that customers interact with their brand. And I think the interesting thing is that you know, they, what they're selling is basically hardware and software. Uh, and so they have sort of full control of this experience, which is why when you, know, you get near an Apple store, it knows that you're near. And it knows what it's there, you know, it knows why you're there, whether you've placed an order previously that you're coming in to pick up or uh, whether you are ready to start a, a self-checkout session. And so I think there's a lot of really interesting technology plays that are going on there that um, a lot of brands can, can learn from. Excellent. REI seems to be uh, one that's mentioned, been mentioned a couple times this week in conversations with that. I know it's the second loyalty live of the week, and REI was mentioned earlier, so they, uh, they seem yeah. to be doing something well. People seem to really like those guys. Yeah, people are very loyal to REI. Um, so as we mentioned earlier, COVID-19 has had a pretty significant impact on brands, uh, marketing budgets, uh, allocation of funds. You know, what are your clients asking for you now that uh, they may not have been asking for in January or even going 12 months back? Oh, I would say the biggest question we're getting is what's to come with Q3 and Q4. Um, everybody is anxious. Everybody is trying to understand the customer sentiment as we head into holiday. What is there to expect? Um, and I think it's really interesting as we basically are looking at 2020 as um, a year of metrics that we have to throw out the door. It's just going to really do a number on us. But as we head into Q3 and Q4, um, we've got a pandemic. We have an election year. Um, and that's the one thing that we're trying to understand is what's going to happen with Q3 and Q4 because we've had some really strong business performance. We've seen um, customers that aren't spending money on dining out and vacations. Um, they have more discretionary income, but they do seem to be spending on shopping. And we're really anxious around is that going to continue as we head into Q3 and Q4. Okay, great. Yeah. I've personally been uh, sort of blown away by the rapid uh, changes to core technologies that companies are using that, you know, uh, quickly, uh, quickly pivot to contactless pickup or quick shifted door options that weren't there previously. And as it constantly reminds me when I'm seeing this, how quickly changes can be done when they need to be done. 
um, especially in the technology space. Uh, so, okay. Uh, so obviously some of the challenges that are out there, some of the things you guys are seeing, are there a piece, uh, is, a, is there a piece of advice or two pieces of advice that you would share with brands, with marketers who are looking to enhance their customer experience or their, their customer loyalty efforts during this time? Yeah, I would say the one piece of advice and something that is surprising as we work with brands is we always say, always become your customer. Do you like make sure that you're doing the same kind of experience that they have in every channels, understand where the hurdles are, understand where the frustrations are, and you really have to bring that to light. And so that's one thing I think um, that people get so um, kind of tied into the process and the strategy that they forget to take a minute and become the customer. And that's one thing that you can't improve the experience unless you understand it and you bring it to life in the brand around those challenges. Okay. Interesting. Um, what are you, Jeremy? A piece of advice that you have from the technology side, from the analytics side uh, that uh, you may be seeing or suggesting? Yeah, I mean, my uh, my strongest recommendation is always to make sure that you've got a, a roadmap in place to uh, get out of any technological backlogs that you've got um, and execute against them quickly. You know, one of the things that I mentioned previously that COVID has shown us is that when adaptation is required quickly um, for survival and for growth, uh, that that brands can move very quickly and adapt very quickly when when it's when it's required. Um, and so, elevating some of those technology projects that cause uh, hiccups in customer experience, I think, is a place where uh, people should focus a lot of effort. Okay. Um, interesting. Now, we have a, what we call the CMO challenge question. We'd like to ask a question uh, of people we're speaking with. You could ask a question of a competitor, of a another technology provider, of a brand, or a series of customers. You know, what would that question be regarding customer loyalty? Um, so actually, Jeremy and I talk about all the time is really wanting to understand kind of the roadmap, not only from a technology perspective, um, but the last time when we were actually in conferences, we heard a lot about machine learning and artificial intelligence and what are we doing? What's the roadmap looking like? And where um, is everybody on that timeline? Because I think the shift into this COVID 2020, it derailed a lot of priorities and a lot of roadmaps that we were going down to really focus on these new abilities to answer the customer needs. And so do we see that getting back on the roadmap or is that something that we have to kind of push out knowing that technology improvements are um, kind of fundamentals right now? Okay. Yeah, great. Jeremy, same thing? Yep, same thing. I mean, I said, you know, AI and machine learning um, are, are essentially you know, excellent pattern recognition systems. And uh, so when you think about loyalty and all the data that comes along with loyalty, um, these, these are going to be absolutely essential pieces of the future. Uh, COVID and, and you know, the current climate has sort of uh, put a dent in that, but I think that those things absolutely have to be understood. And that's, that would be my big question is, uh, when can we get back to understanding them? Okay. Excellent. And uh, are there technologies or services that uh, you see being developed now or maybe down the road that will better enable customer loyalty, customer experience? Is it AI? Is it machine learning? Is it, uh, you know, are there, are there other things that you would like to see um, kind of developed or yeah. what we maybe would like to see? Yeah. I mean, some of the things that I'm uh, super interested in are dynamic experiences. Um, is, you know, hardware and software continues to become more and more powerful and, and smarter to a, a larger degree. 
I think we're gonna see a range of new devices and technologies and the world is gonna have to figure out what to do with them. Uh, and so those are, those are keywords that you hear like augmented reality or human recognition systems. And of course, predictive analytics and AI that we're, you know, uh, are on track to be so strong uh, that they're gonna know what you might want before you do. Um, so I can imagine a day where you're, you know, you're visiting uh, a brand and their app or their website or whatever the thing is, and the backend systems, you know, can immediately identify who you are and have already made intelligent assumptions regarding what you might be looking for and have dynamically rearranged the entire app and site experience to your preferences without you having done anything except for launching it. Um, right. I can see you walking into a store and having the store react to your presence, um, you know, an AR device might tell you if something is in stock or where it is, the current price. I mean, those are the low-level things that we can think about with those technologies. But I think the really exciting stuff is, is knowing that those are cool. Um, and we think that there'll probably be a future with some of those, but we don't know exactly, you know, just yet what you're going to be doing with AR as it relates to uh, some real-world interactions like that. Okay. Um, and then finally, I just think Companies are, are just getting better at making good products and good experiences, especially new companies that are up and coming that are, are thinking about this stuff natively. And I think that's really at the core of what creates great loyalty. It's, it's about great product and great experiences. Yeah, and I think, okay. the, I think the customer is expecting that. I don't think it's, um, you know, sometimes we border on um, the privacy and making sure um, that we don't cross a line. But I also think the customer expectation is that we know them and we make it personal. And when they come in with a return and they don't have a receipt, they wanna be able to just easily scan their credit card and have that taken care of for them. So I think when it comes to that ease, convenience and service, the expectation is that the brand's gonna take um, kind of the work to put in to make sure that that's there. Yeah. And what about the, the human side, right? I mean, more and more people are kind of getting data together and you know, still it's probably the, uh, you know, Pareto principle, right? The 80-20 rule. But, you know, one of the biggest challenges we hear from brands is, you know, how do we get the employees to buy in, not only to the customer loyalty program, but the, the service, the product, the, and the kind of that need right now, that insatiable need we're hearing from marketers of, you know, wanting to engage the brand, wanting to have that great engagement in-store, online, or what have you with that, with that customer service rep. How do we kind of push the, that, that human side? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important that you always um, understand you've got to treat your employees how you want them to treat your customers. Um, Chick-fil-A obviously has been um, that model of kind of study of just really pleasant customer experience and everybody loves Chick-fil-A um, kind of from a customer perspective and a human level. And I think those are the type of things that that connection needs to be there that Again, we're talking customer experience, not from just a technology perspective, but the human element has to be there as well. And you won't win unless you realize, you know, again, put yourself in that customer's shoes and walk that walk, because that's the only way you can identify if you're winning on all of those kind of moments that they have interactions with your brand. Okay, great. Uh, and, and then the last question we have for both of you, you know, uh, what can we do as a trade association? Obviously, Bayesman is a very active uh, member of Loyalty 360. What can we do as a trade association to help you and help others with regard to, you know, their customer loyalty and experience efforts? Yeah, I think the best thing um, is continuing to do what you're doing, continuing to drive the discussions, fostering the environments where the brands and agencies are able to come together. Um, it's, it's a hard time right now. You guys have done an amazing job at adapting during COVID, um, 
but I think all of us are eager to get back to that in person, eager to get back to those times where we can look ahead to the future and think about it as collective individuals so that we can be prepared for what we believe to be coming and get ready from a brand perspective um, to get everything on that roadmap. Great. Um, uh, any last thoughts, anyone? Any questions for me or for us? Gosh, nothing I can think of. All right. Are, are, are the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes going to play football this year or no? <laughs> you know, the uh, fingers the, crossed. The head recruiter yeah. lives in my neighborhood and he is not confident currently. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting okay. to hear. Hopeful. All right. Good. Well, Kim, uh, Jeremy, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. It's always great to catch up with you guys and see what you guys are up to. Uh, and uh, a very interesting discussion. And thank you for all your amazing insight. Yeah. Great. Thanks for inviting thanks, us. Mark. All right. Talk Thank to you, you. And stay well. to everyone. Bye. Tune in uh, a couple Tuesdays. I think uh, we'll be the next one. Then we get a consistent Tuesday, Friday schedule going forward. So thank you very much. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks.